Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, welcome back to another installment of The Drive Home with Timothy. My name is Dustin, and as always, we're glad to have you here with us. We have a story today that undoubtedly some of you have heard, um, and others probably haven't, but it's a good story, and it's a true story, and I think it is a good story for this point in history and so without further ado here comes the story i feel like we need like some imaging or music or something right here so so that i go without further ado here comes the story and then you hear like the story and then like i come in and tell the story but we don't have that so we're just going to keep going so in the year 1914 in july it was the beginning of World War One. Some of you may have heard of it. They called it the War to End All Wars, which unfortunately was not true. It was one of the most brutal wars in history. And uh, when it began, both sides thought that it was going to be a relatively quick one. Um, they thought, in fact, the, the Germans, when they were sending their, the German emperor, if you didn't know the Germans had an emperor, they did. Uh, nobody remembers any German leader except that one guy who ruined it for every other German leader. But the Germans used to have an emperor. And in August of 1914, he was sending some of the German troops into battle. And he famously told them in, some, in a quote that makes people laugh at German emperors for the rest of time. He said, you will be home before the autumn leaves fall. And of course they weren't because World War I lasted like four and a half years. Uh, it killed like 20 or 30 million people. It was a lot. And um, so as the year was wrapping up and the soldiers on both sides are realizing this war was going to get worse before it got better, they were, they were in trench warfare. And what that means is exactly what it sounds like. There's, there are two trenches or two systems of trenches and in the middle, there's what they called no man's land. And it was like, it was like a hundred yards of just like potholes and pockmarks and places that had been shelled out. And on the west side of the western front, the western front was like, I don't know, a few hundred miles long, maybe. And on the west, you had the British and the French. And on the east, you had the Germans. And... Everybody's in trenches and they're just like shooting at each other and throwing crap across no man's land trying to hit each other and shooting like mortars if mortars existed then or hand grenades if they existed. I don't know all the details. Look them up yourself. That's not what we're talking about here. But occasionally one side would jump out and storm across no man's land and try to break through the line because if you can break through the line... Now you get an advantage, you can surround the other people, you can murder them all, and then you feel really good about it. Uh, but if you don't break through the line, you lose a ton of people, and then you get pushed back to your trench, which is basically what happened just about every time. And both sides are taking turns trying to break through the line. So there are a bunch of people either dead or dying in no man's land. There are some accounts of people laying in no man's land wounded for like three days, slowly dying, uh, just slowly bleeding out because you got shot in the leg and now you can't move your leg and you just regret it's a pretty bleak picture and i'm painting this bleak picture on purpose it's not just because i'm a uh what are people who like pains pain pains 
What are people who like pain? I want to say misogynist, but that's people who don't like women. People who like pain. Masochistic. People, I'm not a masochist. Anyway, that was a long way to go for a masochist reference. Um, but this is all going on as we approach the end of the year. And these are pretty much boys, a lot of them, young men and boys, experiencing this. They've been told they're going to be out there for a few months. They are losing people left and right. They're being asked to go over the top, they called it, run out into no man's land and get gunned down. And as the the year is wrapping up, the Pope, in an adorable move, comes out and says to both sides, hey, let's take a break from the war so we can celebrate Christmas. Everybody stop fighting for a few days so we can have Christmas. And both sides look at the Pope and in unison say, bleep you, who do you think you are? If we could just have the Pope settle our disputes, we would not be in this war to end all wars. You don't get just just call time out on war so we can have a holiday. Um, that's not what I came here to tell you. Oh, that was adorable. The Pope was like, all we really need, we just need a little bit of Christmas. Everybody's going to be fine. But then, so that didn't happen. Um, but what did happen on Christmas Eve in multiple places spontaneously, this was not coordinated, but spontaneously along the, I don't know, like three or 400 miles of the Western Front of World War I is they started celebrating Christmas. Uh, in most places, it seems to have started with the Germans who lit candles and either held them up out of the trenches or set them up outside of the trenches and started singing Christmas carols. And on the other side, the British started singing back and then they started shouting Christmas greetings to each other in the other side's language. British shouting in German, German shouting in English, Merry Christmas. At some point, some of the German soldiers, seems like the Germans went first, uh, according to some of the British people who lived through it. Some of the German soldiers came out and walked into no man's land. And, of course, the British thought immediately that it was a trap. So they hesitated, but a few brave souls from the British side went out and stood next to the Germans and had a little uh, Christmas sing-along out there. Eventually, both sides came out, and they had a Christmas party in no man's land on Christmas Eve. They called it the Christmas Truce of 1914. It was now the, the leadership of both sides did not know that this was happening. And when they found out that it happened days later, they made threats that anybody who uh, was fraternizing with the enemy under any circumstances for the remainder of the war would be severely punished, maybe even shot. So um, this was just men spontaneously deciding... That German dude over there who was just shooting at me set the war aside. That guy's my brother. And I'm going to go out and celebrate with him. They exchanged gifts um, like tobacco and alcohol and buttons and souvenirs and they traded hats and stuff like that. Um, some of them took the opportunity to go retrieve their dead uh, countrymen from no man's land and bury them. And in what I think is a pretty amazing... Um, 
part of this, there were some joint burials between British and Germans. So that these two men, these these men who had probably literally killed each other, were buried side by side, and they had a joint service um, for them. For for a few moments, they were not at war. And in some places, this actually went on until New Year's. They would sleep in their trenches, and then every day they'd go out and just hang out with the people that their commanding officers think they're shooting at. They're just going and hanging out and, like, swapping stories, showing each other pictures of their girlfriend, uh, probably sharing, like, recipes and stuff. Famously, in one area, a soccer game broke out, and then we had... You know, you want to settle your your disputes in no man's land. We're going to settle this thing on the soccer pitch instead of by throwing grenades at each other. Um, again, when when the top brass found out about this, they shut the whole thing down because there is nothing worse for war than when the people who are actually fighting recognize how absolutely stupid it is that none of the men there were there by choice, meaning they didn't choose for the war to exist. It's not like these German soldiers were like, we're going to take over the world. That was, we're going to take over the world. That was a little bit like Mexican, but kind of Transylvanian. We're going to take over, I don't know. I don't have a really good German accent, but they weren't the ones who were like, we're going to take over everything. Their leader, their stupid emperor, who told people they're going to be back before the fall was over, before football season, he's the one who's like, go out and fight my battle. And then on the other side, they're the British leaders like, go out and fight my battle. And it's not, I'm not here to talk about war, but it's not good for the business of war when the people who are actually doing the fighting recognize that it's stupid and doesn't really solve anything. The point of this, well, you can take from it whatever you want. But during an election year, maybe the point is that if if soldiers can lay down their weapons, weapons they were just using to not only try to kill the people on the other side, but they they killed plenty of them. If I'm going out, if I'm leaving the trench to go out and meet with the Germans, that German whose hand I might shake, who I might give a gift to, he may have the day before shot my brother in the chest and killed him, and now we're shaking hands and we're singing songs. If they can lay down their weapons and become brothers and be civil and be you know what, generous, then how are you going to not be nice to your neighbor who puts a flag in their yard that has a different political candidate's name than yours? Somebody who starts a conversation, he hates Trump, you love Trump. How are you going to hate that guy? He, he hates Biden, you love Biden. How are you going to hate that guy? It, look, if soldiers can do it, you can do it. Whatever lines you think divide you from the person next to you, they're imaginary. And if you lived the life that the other person lives, you would be in their shoes, right? You're a British soldier, soldier fighting in World War I. Guess what? If you're born inside Germany, you would be a German soldier. If they can understand that, you can understand that. I'll try to understand that. No promises. Um, but hopefully you'll do your best as well. Anyway, I love you. Thanks for listening and... We'll catch you again next week.